welcome to Radical Being. It's the outset of another Gregorian calendar year here in the West. And in today's show, I'm talking about time, more specifically, the illusion of time, both from a somewhat ancient or mystical point of view that time is largely an illusion, but also from the emerging quantum mechanics view that says actually that time doesn't exist, that it's simply an impression from the observer's point of view. We're creating it simply by looking at it, so to speak. Same with the classical world and space and time. And that something is, quote, real only because different observers agree on a certain property of it. Whether it's, quote, real or not, most of us are living anywhere but the present. And being here now, or just this, as I say again and again, as a tool for clients and in podcasts, there's just this, is the only place we can really show up for life. There's some definite paradigm shifting possibilities in today's show. So if you're ready to get radical, let's dive in. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Radical Being. I'm River Fair and I'm your host for this little quantum adventure today. In here in the West, we have spiraled into a new Gregorian year. And I'm one of those people that always points out happy Gregorian New Year. Because our calendar is, although it's sort of standard in the Western Hemisphere, is not the only one. It's a solar-based calendar, which was implemented, here's your little history nod, by Pope Gregory way back when, switching from the lunar calendar, which arguably the rest of the year still uses, the Persian calendar, the, the Chinese calendar, which also, while we're at it, is more accurate in that it lines up with the cycles of the moon versus our solar calendar, which doesn't quite line up, but the church wanted it that way. And so we have to have a leap year every four years to sort of make up for that little bit of time that doesn't match up with a solar calendar. So we are collectively spiraling into a new Gregorian year. And I, I have long talked about sort of back when I used to have a blog, the Soul Artist Journal. I pretty much every New Year it seemed I wrote a, a post about time, and many of those were sort of about my perception of the spiral nature of time. Won't go down that path today, other than say that being on a, a, a rotating planet, at least in the New Newtonian version of the universe. Time actually, in my view, had to be spherical or spiraling. But, and my view is different today, as I'll be sharing in this show. But as we collectively spiral into the agreement of a new year. I say agreement because that's sort of the basis of what today's show is about. Not just time, but, well... In my coaching program, my eight-week signature coaching, in the I think it's either the first or second recorded masterclass, 
I and that that whole program is about radical integrity and vibrant well-being and essentially becoming the most radiant luminous being you can be for no other purpose than simply being alive and evolving out of that provisional self which I've touched on in earlier shows but I talk about many of the agreements that that provisional self takes on unquestionably just in our our growing up with our family and culture and society the agreements and that we just for one example I'll get to time in a moment is money and the point is we we have all these agreements that we're carrying around unquestioningly and they may or may not be quote true and they're simply agreements but they're real in the sense that we generally agree on them find my way back to that that's a very key point about quote reality and time overall but money i use the example in that masterclass we could take we have these two pieces of cloth paper that are essentially identical the same size length measurement weight they have the same mass they're identical except that they have different faces printed on them but we agree that this one over here identical in every shape except for that face on it is worth 100 of these but these really are the same if you could imagine briefly somebody coming from the outside a different reality a transcosmic being extraterrestrial like that doesn't make any sense these are the same no no this one is worth 100 of those even though they're the same and the we do the same thing really with time it's a collective agreement we agree for the most part that time exists for a couple of reasons where i'm going today and then we'll hopefully find our way back to self awareness that this collective agreement not dissimilar from our classical reality we collectively agree that this is reality this physical world that i seem to be navigating this desk taps the desk here this is wood it's made of matter we've been taught that the universe is made of matter and energy and if it's a, maybe a more progressive theory about that that energy becomes matter when it shifts from wavelength into a particle and then becomes this classical seemingly solid world and we might kind of theoretically intellectually get this seemingly solid desk taps wood is actually energy even though it doesn't seem that way when i knock over my teacup or bang my arm against it feels pretty solid not like energy but we agree for the most part that this 3D world that we are inhabiting through our senses is quote real and time exists in fact we're told the space-time continuum that's part of this sort of classical building blocks if you will for the universe einstein so einstein's einstein's theory of relativity or special relativity and even that well i won't, I won't get into time not being well maybe i will come back to time not being an absolute in any way shape or form relativity says it can be bent by the mass and space time can be warped and we that's actually part of classical reality modern classical reality and we're going to veer away from that so 
But the agreement that time exists partially comes from our higher neocortex, the brain. We can envision a future. We can envision a future that doesn't exist. Arguably, this is one of the great gifts of humanity. We can envision a future that doesn't yet exist. And I would say also one of the remarkable things about our language, any language, all of our languages, sort of humanity, is that we can even talk about and agree upon or disagree things that don't yet exist versus say what we know about animal communication. They can communicate about things that exist. It's highly doubtful. Who knows? Can't speak for dolphins or chimpanzees or the ones that seem to be or ravens and crows. I mean, the list seems to be growing of uber intelligent quote animals, but highly unlikely that they can discuss things that don't yet exist. But we can envision, say, next October. We have these handy calendars, like the traditional ones, neat rows of orderly boxes here, seven in a row, and there's four on a page if we were looking at a good old-fashioned paper one. And if we flip forward a few pages, that's what we agree is going to be, say, July. And at a certain date on that on that nice little graph or just in my in my head, I can think, wow, that July, X months away, I'm going to be in the Bahamas or trekking to bed or maybe some other exciting thing, sitting in the Amazon in a hut drinking ayahuasca. Who, who knows what we might be doing in, in X number of months in a, basically a projected future. It doesn't yet exist, but in our mind, we can conceptualize it. And similarly, because we can remember the past, that doesn't exist either anymore, but we can remember it. Or there are records that in reading that record, the past is still gone, but we can experience it in a certain way or relive it or just simply be reminded of it. We say, okay, well, the past exists because of this, this record. And yet in both ancient and modern views, which I'll touch on both here, it doesn't exist. The only thing that exists, and plane going overhead there briefly, the only thing that exists in both mystical and quantum view is this moment. The, I would say the mystical and ancient view, the plane has totally distracted me there, the um, time, and equally depending on the, the view or, or the, the, the cosmology, reality as well, is an illusion. Many of the sort of ancient and mystical or even just simply Eastern worldviews hold that this reality is simply an illusion. It's maya is one word. It's essentially a projection of a more fundamental reality that we're largely unaware of. We could say maybe that's a multidimensional reality. It's something more fundamental than this illusion that we all take or most of us take as real. And similarly for time. There's a tremendous wisdom in that. I think that time, regardless of where we're going to go with the quantum, is an illusion. There is just the eternal now. This endless moment flowing into the next. Yep, I can remember 10 quote seconds ago, 
yesterday and I can predict or imagine where I'm going to be X number of seconds or hours from now. And yet it's just this, just this. And I will, projecting the future here, come back to that at the end of the show. Just this. That is the sort of essential tool in the toolkit of self-awareness and my coaching and these shows. There's just this, just this moment. Everything else arguably doesn't exist, even though we can conceptualize it. The eternal now. The, the emerging quantum theories, we'll go from sort of the mystic here to put our toe in the quantum for a bit. Previous shows, I've said, well, I'm not going to go quantum here, but I might put my toe in the sort of the quantum waters. I'm going to do that a little bit here. The emerging theories of quantum mechanics essentially say two things. It's reality, the classical reality, even matter and particles, and space-time doesn't actually exist. Now, that is mind stretching for most of us. Like, well, of course it exists. Again, tapping the wooden desk here. Everything in my sensory experience corroborates, right? I just fell down and maybe broke my arm. Of course, this reality exists. And yet the quantum math and quantum theories, the emerging ones, quantum mechanics, the quest for a quantum gravity, they but it actually doesn't. It's your localized experience. But back to time being an illusion or reality being an illusion, it, it is simply essentially a projection of a much larger fundamental, arguably unified cosmos. And time, we'll just keep it to time, but we can sort of, I'm lumping, quote, classical reality into that and space time. In the emerging cutting edge quantum theories, time is not a fundamental component of the universe. Instead, it's considered what's called emergent, essentially a measurement. A little jaunt to the left here, like similarly, temperature doesn't exist. Temperature is simply a measurement. It's a measurement of the average excitation of, of molecules or electrons and that gives a certain energy reading, but temperature, that's just a measurement. And similarly, so it's emergent. It's not fundamental to the universe. Time is emergent through our perception of the quantum universe. It's emergent from it. So it's not fundamental to the universe. It's emergent from a more fundamental layer of the universe, if you will, not to put it in a hierarchical way, but our, our brains work that work that way. I have in the past many times said time is an illusion, simply mostly referring to that more sort of mystical Eastern, there's only the this now. Everything else is a projection of our you know, higher neocortex or remembering the past. And in that sense, it is illusor illusory. I think maybe a more optic, um, sorry to say optical, optimal world would be perspectival. Time is perspectival, meaning it is simply your perspective. And it is arising from, arguably like space-time, this whole, quote, reality, from an observer's view of a quantum reality. So time 
is perspectival. Here's another one of these paradigm shift for sure right here. Emerging simply from an observer's view of life on this. You're essentially creating it by looking at it, which is the same as reality in the cutting edge quantum theories. You're creating it by looking at it, by participating into it. And jump to the left, although there is no left in quantum, the, the whole multi multiverses or parallel realities or different branches and the, everywhere, everywhere, all the time, splitting all possibilities. But you can only perceive one. You only perceive your local experience. That doesn't mean the others aren't happening in quantum view. There are no less, quote, real than this one. But this is the one you're experiencing, your localized embodiment of consciousness. You're essentially creating your reality by observing it and participating in it. And similarly with time. That's a, one of those mind-stretching things like, right, okay. And in this, the cutting-edge quantum theories, the classical world, this 3D reality that we would inhabit, and the laws, hitherto laws of physics or theories of physics or laws of the Newtonian universe that kind of works like clockwork and building blocks and all of this, the continuum of space-time, all of that is essentially an illusion arising from a conscious mind's perspective of a quantum universe. Wow, right? <laughs> so maybe in a nutshell, well, I'll say one more thing about that, real, back to, quote, real, all the time, I, I repeatedly, I say, there is no reality. Right? Reality is entirely subjective. That's usually what I'm saying. One person's reality isn't necessarily another. There is no one, quote, scientific, quote, objective reality. Scientists may tell you otherwise. Um, people who are very wedded to their worldview will know this proof. This is the one reality. And the others are back to simply a quantum view. All things are possible. The conjunction of opposites, every possible possibility in a universe that contains the whole. But the quote, what is real is, you could say, it's real simply because different people agree on a certain property of the quantum universe. Time is real simply because most of the world agrees upon it. Well, of course it exists. There's 60 minutes in an hour and there's 60 seconds in it, even though arguably that is subjective. If we could somehow live on Mars or Venus or any other planet, even though those are not hospitable environments, those planets have a different trajectory and time cycle of crossing the sun, orbiting the sun. Yeah, so are a different size. And so the revolution on their axis day would have a different duration. A year would have a different duration. So you would divide that differently. So a second wouldn't necessarily be the same second on Mars or another planet. All that, all that I'm trying to show there is that time itself is really, we've agreed, oh, time is our Earth time and the way that we have divided that historically. And in that time, is real because we agree that there's a calendar or we all agree that it's, or at least those in the West, that it's now 
an agreement we call January feels maybe exactly like yesterday, which was what we call December. Actually, I'm recording this in January. So yesterday wasn't December, but you follow me. These collective agreements somehow, oh, okay, this is a new month. We have a new graph of bars here that tell us, you know, the next number of days is a new month. It's different, even though the weather and temperature, everything is exactly the same. And this is a new year. And maybe just briefly, I'll say, you know, our agreements are quite useful. Time is very useful as as a marker, simply for uh, marking the passage of time. It's very useful to say, you know, I'm 55 years old, or last year when I did this, or something, this again, this overall. Um, I have yet another plane passing overhead. It's a busy day at the Bend Airport, I guess. I have to sort of just let these things go and try to stay on on target here with my collective agreements being useful. Money that I mentioned earlier. Money is a very useful agreement. Currently, it's pretty much required for how our world works. And to have a collective agreement on how money works, even if you look at it from the outside and say, that just makes no sense at all. Or none of this money is even real, or let alone digital, or I won't go down the, the money wormhole. But collective agreements are useful. And back to time being real simply because most people will agree. Right. Yes, it's real. We have a calendar and now we're in this new year and time exists. Whether or not I'm creating it, it's useful to a certain extent. But most people, somehow finding my way here to self-awareness rather than dabbling in the quantum and mystic as I'm always perhaps inclined to do, most people are living anywhere but the present. We're remembering the past, we're reliving our glory days, or lamenting something we did or didn't do, or rehashing an argument, or preparing for the next one, or fantasizing when that other thing happens, and a little side hop to previous shows that maybe bears some relevance here, since we're talking about the illusion of time, or the perspectivality of time, that humans do this very curious thing. We project our happiness into that imaginary future. It's always conditional, almost always conditional. I'll be happy when dot, dot, dot. We have a baby. I moved to Seattle. I have a million dollars in the bank. This, this conditional thing that isn't now, but I'll be happy when I have that the little house at the coast or that great big house at the coast or whatever our particular want, dream, fantasy is. And very seldom is happiness now. It's this conditional thing in essentially an imaginary future. And one of the things that when I find our way to it or it emerges in the coaching program with people and we're talking a little bit about time and our tendency to project happiness elsewhere and the way we are sort of creating our own suffering in the moment, largely by being elsewhere, remembering the past or fantasizing about the future, or catastrophizing about the future or whatever it is that we're doing there. That I see there's just this, as I started at the beginning of the show, there is just this, just this moment. And the 
destination now, something I say with clients, right? Destination happiness, right? That's where most of us are like, destination happiness. When I get there, that destination, I'm going to be happy. Well, destination happiness, in my view, is destination now. This is the only place you can actually be happy. It's arguably the only place you can exist, if you exist at all. Go back into the, we could veer way off into the quantum notion of what is consciousness and do you even exist? Some other show for that, maybe, <laughs> or not. The, but now, destination now. This is the only place. And I, and I certainly, I shared in other shows and right here and now, I don't necessarily think life is about happiness. We're sort of been conditioned to that, you know, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. And, and happiness is lovely when it's around, but it's very fleeting and almost always conditional. Just recently, I came across a quote by Georgia O'Keeffe, the early American modernist painter famous for her Southwest landscapes, lived in New Mexico. And I'm recalling from memory here, so I'm not doing it total justice, but she, the quote was basically like, I'm not interested in happiness. Happiness can be gone in a second. I'm much more interested in being interested. Being interested lasts. And I thought, I agree. Wise Georgia O'Keeffe, being interested, being interested in the moment, or simply how do I show up for this moment? That is sort of the bedrock of self-awareness and self-evolution, in my view. Again and again, I say everything is a choice. Might not seem like a choice, and certainly exceptions like autonomic nervous system and breathing and heart rate and other things like that aside, but everything is a choice if simply how we choose to respond to it. What's the perspective we take on it? And in that everything essentially being a choice, how do I show up for this moment? Okay, this moment, which is the only moment arguably that exists, whether in a mystical sort of Eastern point of view or arguably quantum. This moment, how do I show up for this now? With an open heart? with a sense of willingness, my personal conviction, dedication, devotion, commitment is to show up to this moment with total integrity, with an open heart, with willingness, with yes. This moment is all that I have. It's all that any of us have, <laughs> even if it exists at all. Destination now. Looking briefly at my clock there, to that agreement of time, that illusion of time there. How many minutes do I have here? Because, you know, I could, as I have frequently joked in other shows, at an hour, I'm just getting warmed up. So keeping a show to a half hour or the collective agreement of a half hour show is sometimes a little, especially when I could easily go down the wormholes of, of quantum mechanics and a larger reality there. This... So somehow maybe finding, winding this down with that, because this is a show on self-awareness as I see it, not quantum mechanics or the quest for quantum gravity or quantum cosmology, if we will. This, yeah. How do we show up for any moment, for this moment? What, even if our, what seems quite challenging, you know, much of this, last collective agreement of a year known as 2023 in the West, for me felt like 
an almost endless project of building, building a platform, rebuilding a platform, because I had taken everything down before that of my previous stuff and infrastructure of LR Hearts on a couple of years ago, a new website and the new coaching program and the, or the evolution of the coaching program after being away from it for a couple of years and the pearls and dust blog, and then this video podcast. And that's my little shout out right there. In case you're listening on an audio platform, Radical Being is a video podcast and you can find the video version either on Spotify or the show's dedicated website, radicalbeingpodcast.com. And I do keep usually the three most recent episodes on my site, riverfair.com. And then there was the book and the audio book, and there was much of, there were multiple days when I felt like, wow, there is a lot on the plate today and maybe too much of the plate. And I don't know how I'm going to get it all done. And maybe I will, or maybe I won't. And even just using my own tool, just just this, River. Just this. All right. Well, we'll sit down and we're going to, you know, narrate chapter 11 today and we'll deal with the post production after that. And we'll get to it. And what's the, all the other things that need to happen today? We'll get to them or, or we won't. <laughs> there's just this. Okay. There's just this. How do I show up for this moment? Okay. Right. Take a deep breath. Let it all go. Or if we're just navigating life. Okay. This moment. What am I feeling in this moment? How am I responding to this moment? What do I need to learn from this maybe challenging situation that I perhaps you find yourself in repeatedly? Okay, that's a nod to the other previous shows and this ongoing journey of evolution, of personal awareness. Okay, what's the gift of this seemingly challenging situation or very challenging situation? Here I am, just this moment, right? I can't do anything about what's coming down the pipeline or seems to be doing down the pipeline or all I can do is whatever I'm doing right here in this moment. So as we wind this, this episode down here, we have collectively spiraled into this very useful agreement of a new year. It's like we can magically wipe that slate clean, the past. It doesn't exist anymore, although most of us are dragging it with us and like, wow, that, 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 that was great or that was terrible. I can't wait to start over. And this is a, a, a useful agreement that we could somehow wipe the slate clean, even if it's just totally imaginary. <laughs> How long do those New Year's resolutions really last for most people? Mm. Not so long. But we are here in a new year. And for whatever that is worth, as we kind of look ahead, my, maybe my invitation to you is maybe this is your collective agreement of a year as we spiral around the sun, at least in a Newtonian universe that may or may not exist. Maybe this is your passage for coming into radical integrity, vibrant well-being, on all levels of being. And in support of that, there's almost 20 previous episodes of this show that you can find on the archive, whether that archive is Spotify or your favorite podcast platform or the show's website. A lot of useful tools in supporting that emergence of a radical new you, arguably the one that 
is coded within you like that proverbial butterfly I'm so fond of sharing and that arguably you're meant to be. Thanks for joining me. A little toe into the quantum today, as well as the mystical and ancient. The illusion of time or the perspectival nature of time. Definitely a few potentially paradigm-shifting things to consider. Be well and be radical. <laughs>